what we've been doing to learn this idea of pushing, pressing, pause in our life. We've been working our way through the life of Moses and uh, really just one um, snippet of, of area of his life that we've been looking at. Uh, Moses was born in a Hebrew family, um, but not in a good time. It was at a time when infanticide was hitting the area that the pharaoh king of Egypt decided that he wanted to stop the progressive growth of the Hebrews. And so he said that he wanted to kill all male children two years and under. And so uh, soldiers went out and began to do that. And, and fortunately, Moses' family, his parents, uh, hid him for a period of time. It got to a point where they could no longer hide him. And through a crazy series of events, which we believe to be divine events, Pharaoh's daughter ended up adopting Moses. It's interesting that even the name Moses means drawn out of the water. Um, so, so this was a, um, just an incredible situation. If you don't know any of the story, go back and read it in Exodus chapter 2. But she raised him as her own son in Pharaoh's palace. Uh, he grew up in the education process of the Egyptians, but he never lost sight of who he was. And take a look with me at Exodus 2. It says, many years later, when Moses had grown up, uh, Acts 7 tells us that when he was 40 years old, this happened, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews. And he saw how hard they were forced to work. He saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. And so Moses came to the man's defense. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. See, God wanted to use Moses as a, as a leader, as a developer, that too, but a deliverer of his people. Moses, though, took matters into his own hands, and with premature action, he created some consequences. We see that in verse 15. Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. That's what we talked about last week, was the land of Midian. So now he finds himself somewhere on the backside of the desert, on the backside of nowhere. And what's interesting is Moses has just turned the page to begin a new chapter in his life. God is writing the story of his life. And in verse 15, we pick up the story. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. So, so Moses, get this in your head, Moses treks through miles, acres of desert, of the Sinai Desert, and with every step, he's probably saying to himself, I'm done. I thought I was going to be something. I thought God was going to use me. I felt like this was the right thing to do, but it's not. And now I'm running for my life. I'm a fugitive. Uh, nothing has happened. Nothing has worked. I'm ending up in nowhere. And maybe when you look around at your life, maybe all you see is, is desert. Maybe you feel done. Maybe you feel like life has been wasted, that the time has gotten away. And maybe you feel like you don't know where you are today in life. Moses had done life his way, and it led him nowhere. But actually, unknown to him, Moses had come exactly to the place that God wanted him to be. Take a look at verse 16. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. They were shepherdesses. But some uh, other shepherds came 
and chase them away. So there were bullies. There were these shepherdesses, these daughters, these sisters that were watering their flocks or trying to at this well. In this desert area, water was, you know, at a premium. And so they were coming to this area and other shepherds were running these women away. They lived in a male-dominated society, male-dominated culture in that time. And, and so they were pushing these women away. And Moses saw this and it says that he made a choice. Look at this choice. He made a choice to get involved. Moses jumped up, I love that, jumped up, and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Now, I don't know where your mind goes in that right there, but I'm thinking like he went a little MMA on these guys or something. I mean, he, he took it, one guy on however many, he took it to them and defended these girls. And it says then, as the other you know, bullies were gone, he drew water for their flocks. I think, this was, I think this was God trying to see how willing Moses was. I think God wanted to see how far Moses was willing to go. Willing to be used, however, whenever God wanted to use him. Friends, I believe, I believe that God's plan for your life is dynamic, not static. I believe that God's plan for your life is moving, not fixed. It's active, not inactive. It's on the go. It's not frozen. See, I believe that God knows what he wants to do through your life, but the details are always adapting. God establishes the what of his plan for your life, but the when remains fluid. It remains in flux. Why? Because our free will choice comes into play. See, we are not robots. Turn to the person next to you and just tell them you're not a robot. Okay? Make sure they're not first. And then tell them you're not a robot, right? We, we are not puppets. God is not the puppet master. Uh, we, we make choices every day. Multiple choices. We make choices that affect the direction and the destination of our lives. And so God, through a series of events at this well, is trying to see if Moses is willing or has he given up? Is he willing to be used or is he done? So God keeps moving forward because Moses is willing. Take a look. When the girls returned to their father, he asked, why are you back so soon today? Well, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered. And then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. And the father says, then where is this guy? Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. God continues this development process with another opportunity. Not only did Moses face an opportunity to be used at this well, granted, it was not for the entire nation like he thought it was going to be when he killed that Egyptian. It wasn't what he had in mind, but it was a way that God was trying to get him involved. And now God is giving him an, another opportunity. And look at verse 21. Moses accepted the invitation and he settled there with him. We talked a lot about this last week. Go on the podcast and listen to it. But I want you to get this today. Don't miss this. Get this on your outline. Moses accepted. Moses accepted where God had him. This is so important. 
It may not be what you think. It may not be what you've expected. It may not be what you have always wanted. But right where you are is where God has you. If you believe that God is in control, if you believe that God is sovereign, if you believe that God is God, then right where you are is where God has you. And you and I have to come to a point of accepting that. And that's where the rub is, isn't it? Because sometimes where we are right now is where we don't want to be. Sometimes where we are right now is not where we would really dream to be or expect to be maybe this far in life. But Moses accepted where God had him. He didn't spend years pouting. He didn't spend years in regret. He didn't resent his circumstances like many people do, especially in our culture. He didn't say, well, I'm entitled to something different because I'm a, a pharaoh, a, a prince of pharaoh. I, I have had so much experience that I should have something better than this, God. There was no entitlement. He didn't treat his situation as temporary. He didn't have a short timer's attitude. Anybody know what that's like? It's like, you know what, I'm going to be out of here pretty soon, so I'm not giving anything extra. I'm just going to do my job. Right? Moses accepted. Even though it was an obscure place in the backside of nowhere, even though it was totally removed from what he had known, even though it wasn't what he expected or anticipated or wanted, even though Moses didn't know the rest of the story like we know, even though Moses didn't know how long he was going to be there, Moses accepted where God had him. See, many of us have what I call the when and then mindset. This is an interesting thinking process for us. When I get on to bigger and better, then I'll, and you fill in the blank. When I get that other job, when I make more money, when I move there, when I get a place of my own, when I get a date, when I get married, when things change, then I'll be content, then I'll be happy. I'm sorry, but as far as I know, the only place we're called to have a temporary resident mindset is when it comes to living here on planet Earth. Scripture is really clear. The writer of Hebrews, James, Peter, all the rest of them, they tell us to have this temporary mindset because one day heaven is coming. But in every other arena of our life, we are called to sink our roots deep. We are called to take hold firm of life right where we are, live life to its fullest. We are to accept where God has us right where we are right now. Friends, get this down. I'm quite sure of this. God will never move me on in his plan until I accept where God has me right now. You want to move on in God's plan? Accept where you are right now. When we finally come to the place where we're willing to do whenever, whatever, however God wants, right where we are. When we finally come to the place when we're willing to give up and let God shape us and guide us and lead us, right where we are. That's when God will continue his plan in your life and in mine. See, I, 
I fully believe that God will never move you on to the next part of his plan until you accept where he has you right now. Keep reading with me, verse 21. In time, he, the dad, gave Moses, his daughter, Zipporah, to be his wife. Boy, this was settling down, wasn't it? Moses accepted the dinner invitation, and then he lived there, so much so that this dad gave his daughter to this man. I want you to get this down. Moses developed relationships where God had him. He not only accepted where he was, he developed relationships. I think this is huge. You know why? Because we have a tendency, when we are in a place that we don't want to be and we don't like, we have a tendency to withdraw. All of us do. I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert. Introverts really withdraw and they cave in. But, you know, an extrovert may be on the outside all bubbly, but inside they're thinking, I'm not going to be too close to you. I'm not going to get too close because I don't like it here. I don't want to be here. Too often when we're disappointed or discouraged or disillusioned, we isolate ourselves. Maybe not on the outside, but on the inside. We don't want to be around people. We, we avoid people. But Moses didn't do this. Right? I mean, Moses became so personal with them that this dad eventually ended up giving a daughter to him in marriage. That's pretty personal. That's a relationship building process there. He was so willing to give Moses his daughter. Some of us are living, listen, listen here, this is huge for somebody. Some of us are living like temporary residents. We're so focused on getting out of here and getting on to something else that we're not taking the time to get to know the people around us. And maybe God has you in that place for that person. Maybe God's plan for your life is to reach somebody right now where you are. And we're so focused on getting out of here that we miss our opportunity. Last series in our Each Other series, there's something that we learned. You may remember this. You can't follow Jesus without being in relationships with people. Remember, Jesus gave us the two most important commands and then he nailed it down to one. And he said, love each other as I've loved you. You can't follow Jesus without loving people. You can't follow Jesus without building relationships with them, without being in relationships with people around you. You can't follow Jesus without that. And so maybe you need to realize that God, hang on here, God is not working in your life if you are living without relationships. If you have isolated yourself and withdrawn yourself, and you wonder why you're not hearing God speak to you, and you're wondering why God is not doing things in your life, could it be that God is not doing something in your life because you're not engaging with the people around you? Because God has you there for a reason, right where you are. What if, what if God isn't doing things in your life because you're not living in relationship with others? One of the best things that some of us can do today is go to lunch at Rubio's 
That may be the most spiritual thing you could do. That may be the thing that kicks you right into God's plan for your life. Maybe you need to think about, instead of what you're going to order at Rubio's, maybe you need to think about, what person can I get to know more? How can I start a relationship with them when I head off to Rubio's and lunch together? It's not about the food. Listen to me. It's not about the food. Let me say that again. It's not about the food. We don't do food events for the food. We do them for the friends. I, I hope here at Pathway Church we don't miss that. It's about the connections, not about the menu. Get to know each other. That's the way that you're going to move on in God's plan. You get to know each other. I want you to get this down. God will never move me on in his plan until I work on relationships right where I am. Work on relationships right where I am. Some of us need to do this tomorrow morning when we go to work. Maybe you're in a job that you don't like right now and you're wondering why God has you there. I'm going to tell you right now, he has you there for a reason. And maybe there's somebody that you need to get to know. Hmm. Why was it important, just for a moment here, Let's, let's just think as a leader, okay? Why, why was it important for Moses to develop people skills? Let's just, let's just think about it for a moment. Why would it be important for Moses to have pretty decent, I mean, after living in a desert for 40 years, I mean, he's probably lost a lot, but why would it be important for, for him to develop and keep developing these people skills? Because God wanted Moses to lead people, and if you don't know, leadership involves followers, people. If Moses had good people skills, he could lead. If not, Moses wasn't leading, he was just taking a walk in the desert, right? Because he wouldn't have any followers, People skills, it's so important, so vital to leadership. And God knew that, and he was developing this. Keep reading with me. Later, she, Moses' wife, gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom. And we kind of fast forward a little bit ahead to Exodus 3, to a verse that we looked at a couple of weeks ago. Exodus 3, we see that not only now does he have a son, he's, he's a dad now, but he's also working for his father-in-law. Exodus 3, 1 says, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law. So I want you to get this down. Moses was productive right where God had him. Moses was productive where God had him. Moses didn't just quit living because things hadn't turned out the way he wanted them to turn out. Moses didn't give up on life. He didn't check out on life because things weren't how he thought they would or should be. Some of us have become far too apathetic and far too pathetic because things have not turned out the way we thought they would turn out. So you've quit. So you've, you've settled into just watching life pass you by because you're disappointed and you're discouraged and you're disillusioned and, and you don't want to anymore. You don't, you don't want to live anymore. And I'm praying, all week I've been praying this, that God would tell you to get up off your rear 
and get involved in what he is doing in your life. Don't just sit there. Get productive where God has you right now. Moses didn't let his discouragement and disappointment make him ineffective. Moses was productive right where he was. So God continued to work in Moses' life. God will never move me on in his plan until I get involved in what God is doing right where I am. He'll never move you on. So you need to accept it. You need to develop relationships. And you need to be productive. Right where you are. I mean, think about it. God wanted Moses to lead people and specifically leading them through, guess what? This very piece of property, this very piece of geography, Mount Sinai and the Sinai Peninsula. God wanted him to lead his people, wanted Moses to lead his people in this area. Moses needed to know how to lead a group of people through the desert. He'd never experienced that before. And what better of a way to learn how to lead a group through the desert than to shepherd sheep through the desert? You see how it all works? I mean, what is God doing in your life? What does he have prepared for you? 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has planned, what God has in store for those who love him. What does he have prepared for you? What is, what is his plan for your life? Maybe. Right where you are, he's developing things in you. Maybe he's developing pieces and elements that he's going to put together. And all of a sudden, you're going to go, I see it now. Ten years down the road, you'll look back and go, I know now why I went through that because I have to have this knowledge, this experience. I have to have it right now. Thank you, God for taking me through that desert to help me get to where I am today. I've had that experience before. Maybe some of you have. God is developing you. Last thing I want to leave you with is what I pray will happen in your life throughout this series. Moses experienced change where God had him. Moses experienced change. If you stay the same, you're just going to be the same. Had a conversation with Caleb this week. We're talking about some people that he knows, and this guy said to Caleb, nobody changes. Caleb said, wait, I think that's how you said it, wait. Well, and he's nodding his head back there, so I want to make sure that I'm getting this right. I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, nobody changes. And I said to Caleb, how would, it, how would it be to have the mindset that I am stuck the way I am and nobody changes? Man, I, to me, that would be a hopeless living. See, you can stay the same if you want to stay the same. That's your choice. I don't know about you. I don't want to stay the same. See, I, I haven't got there yet. When I look at myself in the mirror, I realize that there are some things about me that I still 
don't like, the things that need to change, things that are not lining up, I think, with what God wants to do in my life. And I don't know about you, but I want to follow Jesus. He is my model. He is my example. And when I compare me to him, I'm not even in the same place as he is. I've got so much change that needs to take place in me, and I, and I see it. I see it in how I, I relate to my kids and my wife and how I deal with situations and stress and crisis and how I react when I want to respond. And Like Paul says in Romans 7, I do what I don't want to do. Do you ever do that? Don't, do you ever you know, say something or do something and walk away and go, why did I do that? I knew I shouldn't have said that. Why did I say that? Those are the things that I want to change in my life. I want to see God change in my life. I don't want to stay the same. If you stay the same, you're just going to stay the same. You'll never experience the plan of God in your life if you don't change. I find it so interesting how Moses named his sons. I mean, look back at Exodus 2 once again, 22, verse 22. Later, she gave birth to a son. And Moses named him Gershom. Look at this. For he explained, Moses explained, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. Now, in naming kids in our day and age, I mean, come on, what do we do? If it just sounds good, we like it. Oh, that really works. You know, it works well with our last name. We've got a cute little middle name. And it just, oh, it just, maybe it's something to do with your family. And you just pick a name. It just, you know, it works. But in ancient times, they gave names that reflected something about them, reflected how they were feeling, what they were going through, all of these kinds of things. Gershom means foreigner, alien, stranger. Get this, outsider. And that's the, that's the one that got me this week when I was thinking about how to wrap this off. The idea that, that Moses was feeling like an outsider Makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, he grew up in Pharaoh's household, but he knew that he was a Hebrew. And so he tried to help his people, but it didn't work out, and they didn't even you know, take on his leadership. And then Pharaoh found out that he had done some things, and now he's running for his life. Where does he fit? Nowhere. And these group of people out in the middle of the desert, they're like, hey, we'll take you. You can marry my daughter. Come on. Be a part of our family. We'll take you. An outsider. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're thinking, I don't feel like I fit anywhere. I feel like I'm on the outside looking in. That can change. God can change this. And we don't know when. But Moses and his wife had a second son, evidently during the time of 40 years in the desert. How we know that is in Exodus 4, when Moses was returning to Egypt to confront Pharaoh, if you know the story, he actually sent his wife and his two sons back to live with his father-in-law because of safety issues. Hmm. 
And so then we fast forward several chapters after Moses had led the people, the Hebrews, out of Egypt. You remember the whole thing and the 10 plagues and all of this? And he leads the people out into the desert. After they come out into the desert in Exodus 18, take a look. Earlier, Moses had sent his wife and two sons. Notice how many sons? Two sons. Back to Jethro, who had taken them in. Moses' father-in-law now came to visit Moses in the wilderness. He brought Moses' wife and two sons. How many? Two, two sons with him. And they arrived while Moses and the people were camped near the mountain of God. And so let's read this next verse out of Exodus 2, out of the Living Bible, so that we don't miss the names. Would you give it to us? Here we go. Let's read it together. Come on. Jethro took Moses' wife to him, along with Moses' two sons, Gershom, meaning foreigner. We've already got that one. Notice this one. And Eleazar, meaning God is my help. Wow. To go from feeling like you're an outsider, feeling like you're a stranger, that you have no home, struggling like a foreigner in a foreign land to go to now, (laughs) realizing that God is my help, that God is there, that God, hang on, God is with me in this. Wow. Discouragement, disappointment, depression, loneliness of being a foreigner has changed. (laughs) Moses has found a way to live by faith in a place that God had him on the backside of nowhere. God is my help. Do you think change happened in his heart? Absolutely. We see a a change of perspective. We see a change of attitude. I I like to say that Moses changed from a discouraged wanderer to a thankful worshiper. Hmm. And we can really see something in what Moses later wrote. Take a look at this, Deuteronomy 32. The Lord found him in a desert land, in the howling waste of a wilderness, He encircled him. He cared for him. He guarded him as the pupil of his eye. The Lord alone guided him, and there was no foreign God with him. Now, technically, Deuteronomy 32 is actually written about the nation of Israel. And and it's a a metaphor, and it's talking about how God was with them all throughout. And you can read Deuteronomy 32, and it talks about the whole process of God leading them out of slavery and and leading them into their own land and all this. And it it was God's response to them. But since the original Hebrew text uses the pronoun him, and since Moses was the author of Deuteronomy 32, you see where I'm going with this? You can't help but sense that Moses is writing personal feelings here. Feelings that he experienced in the desert. I mean, look back at it again. The Lord found him in a desert land. Can you imagine Moses feeling this? In the howling waste. He he encircled me. He, He cared for me. He guarded me. He guided me. See, what Moses began to learn and what you and I need to realize is that God does everything through process. Get that down. And that can change your life. If you begin to believe this, 
God does everything through process. The change God brings to our lives, the way he wants to use us, the area he's refining us in, it's never an overnight experience. It's always through process over time. You will never experience all that God has for you unless you have your heart changed in the desert. Unless you experience what God is wanting to do, you will never become the person God wants you to be unless you go through his process. Don't discount what God is doing where he has you right now. The growth that you're experiencing right now. Don't underestimate this. Just this week, Emmett and I were talking in my office and I was remembering the past a little bit with him. When God called my wife and I here to this church, it's, it's um, you know, 26 years ago. And um, just thinking through the process of how God used so many different people in so many different circumstances. And, 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 and we were not looking to move where we were. We were in Northern California. We weren't looking to, we weren't looking to go anywhere. It just, God just began to, to change things and shift. And there was this process. Every so often, it's good to look back. It's, it's, it's a good thing, friends, to look back and trace how God has used the events and circumstances to bring you where you are today. I bet if you were to ask Moses when everything started for him, most people would say, oh, is that the bush? It all started at the bush. When God spoke to you and there was that fire thing and the, burn, the bush didn't burn and, and you were like, wow, look at that. And you came over and then there was this voice that came out of the bush and it told you, I bet that was the place. That's when it started. Like, wow, that is the moment that God started doing some awesome things in your life. I bet if you were to ask Moses, he would tell you it wasn't the bush. It was the desert. I think he would tell you that in the course of 40 years in the desert, God worked a process in my life that, that made me become a different person, a different, a different kind of person, a different kind of leader, someone that's not just going to power up on others to make my way happen, but one that is going to be completely surrendered and yielded to the way God wants to do things in his timing. Someone dependent on God, confident in God's promise rather than his own ability. God, listen, God wants a servant, not a celebrity. And that's what he's looking at you and me for. Moses was sent to the desert for developing. And those years, I asked you last week, how would you do if you had to wait 40 years for God's plan? Can you imagine waiting 40 years for God's plan? All of those years, they were not wasted. Moses was in training. God was waiting for Moses to be ready for his plan. God knew that it would, what it would take, what, what would need to happen. God would not move until Moses 
was ready. And my question to you is, do you feel like you're in the desert now? Maybe you don't see any purpose in the circumstances that you're facing. Maybe you don't know why you are where you are right now. Maybe you don't like where you are right now. But let me tell you something. God is doing something. And my guess is this. God is using where you are, where I am, to get me ready for his plan. God is using where I am to get me ready. Come on, say that with me. God is using where I am to get me ready. Now, I don't know what his plan for your life or my life is going to really be. We don't know where it's going to lead us. No, remember, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive. We don't know what God has in store for us. But let me tell you something. He's preparing you right now where you are. God is using where I am to get me ready. Would you bow your heads with me?